Welcome back to our episode of Library to Me. That's right, it's me, your host, Larry Steves. Thank you for joining as always, and I just want to assure everyone that despite some confusion at the end of the last segment, our intrepid game show mortal guilders, the Golden Tree, aren't leaving here for a long, long time. The camera cuts as Val pushes a metal cart in front of her between two aisles and they're stacked with goods. Food labels pass her by as she is running and drifts around a curve to see her guilders standing at the checkout lane as she just sprints, pushing a ghostly figure out of the way and crosses the finish line first with her cart of groceries. Cheers, cheers, yeah, yeah! yeah. yeah. Gilder groceries, yeah, I love that one! Checker stands behind a massive sculpture of a frog made out of bread and reaches his hand out to receive a handshake from this grizzled, handsome man. Kaskarin is standing at the edge of a water pool, seeing this giant styrofoam wall slowly coming towards him with a cutout of a person in the middle. And as the styrofoam wall approaches, Kaskarin suddenly strikes a pose and is not able to fit through the styrofoam cutout and is knocked into the water behind him. Number three. The green take. And uh, number 14. Diamond earrings, no match. Val sits across from Kaskarin. Her eyes glow blue as she says, Peppercorn. Kaskrin furrows his brow, thinks intently, and replies, Grinder? Yeah! Yeah! Wild! Checkers is standing in the middle of this, what looks like a perfectly normal school classroom. And you spend five minutes just seeing checkers go around, just licking all of these different objects in the room, until finally, he licks the doorknob. Hey, this one's chocolate! Selv is standing at a podium, facing off against a shadowy figure standing at another podium next to him. He slams his hand down onto the top of the podium, and a buzzer goes off. And he says, 17. Survey says... Yeah! Yeah! The Gilders sit next to a bonfire. We're interspersed with shadowy figures, and a man stands pulling names out of a jar. As he finishes reading names, he says, Valeska Carter, human asterisk cleric of the Arcana Domain. You have been voted off of the island. Val looks down, saddened, but then from around her neck, she pulls out the immunity idol. We see a close-up of self. His eyes narrow as if he's looking across at an opponent. And he says, I can name that Aria in three notes. What? What? To which his opponent replies, Very well, Selvasterlin. Name that Aria. We find ourselves 
straining, grasping at a giant rope, pulling with all of our might. It's taken minutes. Is it hours? I don't know. But finally, finally, we as a team have secured this magnificent ship upon its dock. And we, the Guilders, have pulled the ship up the ramp. Before you all have the chance to breathe or blink, you find yourselves in yet another room. Jaunty music is playing, but I would imagine it doesn't feel so jaunty for the Guilders at this point. But the audience is going wild for it nonetheless. The five of you, Kaskrin, Checkers, Val, Selv, and Mango, inexplicably find yourselves standing at a long table. You each are holding a buzzer in your hand and are wearing matching jumpsuits with your names stitched across. Across this stage, you see a similar setup. Five shadowy figures that you know to be the placeholder opponents that have tried to best you throughout this competition. Spotlights shine down adding extra heat to the experience as you already begin sweating or maybe don't stop sweating from whatever you were just doing. Just pulled a boat. (laughs) (laughs) That was tough. And in the middle of the stage is a simple doorway with a curtain across it. As the jaunty music reaches its crescendo, the curtain is thrown aside and out steps your host with the most Larry Steves. As a reminder, this is a humanoid individual, or humanoid in shape. They're wearing the equivalent of a dress suit, but robes. And the only real marked difference between them and any other kind of mortal individual is that while their hand is sturdy and able to seemingly grasp the thaumaturgical stick that amplifies their voice to the audience. His head, which is a perfect recreation of Trip Steve's, the travel guide, floats three inches above their neck and emits a blue light and is totally see-through as it rotates slowly around in a circle. How is everyone feeling? Paint me a picture of what the five of you guys look like after what is a probably semi-unimaginable amount of tasks, competitions, maybe successes, and maybe a couple of losses thrown in there. Are you guys still like, gung-ho, let's do it, we're having a great time here, thanks for asking? Or are you guys starting to feel a little rundown? Selv is, is looking tired. His shoulders are drooping just a little bit. It is just force of will that is keeping him on his feet at this point. Kaskrin is putting on a good face now that Larry Steves is here. 
He's like, yeah, I want I want to look good in front of this guy. The, sh- the shine has not yeah. gone off of yeah. Larry Steves just yet. Right. I'm feeling bad, Larry. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> and Checkers is just covered in these angry bug bites. Yep. <laughs> Head to toe. Mm-hmm. Val is standing next to Checkers with her herbalism kit, slowly dabbing at the angry bug bites of like, well, hi, Larry. Hello. <laughs> That's right. Hello again, Gilders. Thank you for joining us for another game here. Right now, let's all look at the leaderboards and check in on how our mortals are doing. Please pull up the leaderboard. And you guys see just floating above the doorway that Larry just emerged from is this holographic projection. A bunch of names and numbers start kind of rattling off. Most of them, if not all of them, are all nonsense. It is either letters and figures you don't understand or are two things shoved together. It is just the Typhoon Dolphins. But sure enough, at the very top is the Golden Tree Guild. Go, go, Golden Tree. Go, yay. <laughs> now, everyone, I'm sure you're wondering, what what is this game? We've already seen so many great ones take place here. We've seen our guilders, our mortals, just do their best, be heroes, and really Give us a great show, haven't we, everyone? But now we have to test there. And he raises a hand up and taps or tries to tap his see-through head. And his finger just goes through his temple. Their minds with That's My Library! Big, huge cheer. And now this time, which has happened probably a few times now, there is a live studio audience right next. They are very close to you, and you are feeling their energy, both good and bad, coming off of them. That's right, everyone. We are going to quiz our mortal guilders as well as their stiff competition, the Pythagorean pandas. Again, big cheer rises up as you see the kind of shadowy competitors on the other side of the stage very graciously wave to the crowd and play the perfect part of guest. You hear a boo coming from Val. She's trying to cover it up. Val truly is at the end of her room if she's being a lightly bad sport. We're going to ask a few questions about the events of the day, about recent history, your usual trivia questions, and see who is able to get the most in the least amount of time. We already have flipped a coin before the show. You guys do not remember flipping a (laughs) coin. That has never happened. And we're going to have our mortals, the Golden Tree Guild, take the first question today. Golden Tree. Who was the president of the Thracian Miners Guild during the Relchian Dynasty's Crystalline Rebellion. And you hear just this kind of placeholder clock sound set to music as you have a few moments to answer. Kaskrin immediately looks to Val, like does not do any thinking for himself. As Cass turns to Val, you see her straight-backed Pale as a ghost, wide-eyed, shocked. Because somebody has dropped her into her living nightmare. She is on a game show, a trivia show. This is her life's work in a competition. 
And she has no idea what most of that question referenced. Duration? That's not in her history books. No. You've never heard most of these words. Any, none of the nouns, certainly. A cold sweat breaks out on Val's <laughs> forehead. I know that we can't see Valkyrie and that Valkyrie is not active, but I'm imagining Valkyrie just going through he's, books and just tearing the, the mind apart. Just being like, where anything, any shred of anything that I can come up with and finding nothing. This is true for all of you. And maybe if you rolled, you could recognize, I'll put it this way. If you rolled, you would maybe recognize a couple of words. Selv will kind of bring folks into a, a little huddle, yep. maybe, to discuss. Val, what is the most common name of Rixian nobility that you can think of? Val is not looking directly. She is still just like blank stare, sweating. Disassociating. Yeah. <laughs> she's like not fully here, but she's like, that is a very broad question. In the centuries of Rixian history, names have gone through trends. And she's just... Kaskrin is going to, like, hearing the clock, like, tick, tick <laughs> further and faster, <laughs> is going to reach over from the huddle and, like, slam the button. Yep. And just going to yell, John! Go to the judges and... Ah! It's way longer. Like, the, bu <laughs> the buzzer sound is offensively long. <laughs> now, a chance to steal! And the other team, you see the shades all huddle up. One very confidently turns around after just a few seconds, smacks on the buzzer with this, again, this this real haughtiness that is inappropriate. That's uh, why Vale is not about these Pythagorean no. pandas. And very confidently enunciates, All right, let's check in and... Ding, 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 ding. Correct. That is one point to the opposition, mortals. Oh, already digging yourself a hole, but hey, let's give you another chance, eh? Second question. What is the largest island in the Vermilion Strait? Wait, what was that? Vermilion Strait? Val, do you know what that is? Would you like me to reread the question? No, it's fine. I can't read anyway. Don't worry about it. Isn't vermilion a color? Isn't Bad. straight a direction? You could roll a history check if you wanted. Guide. You have time for guidance. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining the way you're casting this is you're just like, your hand has just unconsciously found like a holy symbol or something and is just like clutching it. And yeah. it's just. Val <sighs> is like still sweating. And now the panic and the shock have worn off. And she's just like hunching over. And, like, at this point, really probably try not to cry. Oh, no. <laughs> like, this is breaking her. Uh, eight total of dice rolls. <laughs> I could probably wow. add max add, like, a seven. Well, I'll put but... it this way. You have never heard of the Vermilion Strait. Never once. You don't know if it's the pressure of the lights getting to you that you're just not remembering or this is obscure or this is fictional or what, but you've never even heard of it. Let alone what the biggest island would be, let alone that they are islands. Val just like whispers out loud, clutching her holy symbols like, it's okay. This is a nightmare. You're just going to wake up soon. It's okay. 
just hold it together. You're gonna wake up. This is just a nightmare. And like, just she's just repeating that to herself, like quietly. Can you give us the other islands in that chain? No. Can you give us the largest island in that chain? Uh No. Self slaps the button and says, it is actually only known as the big island. Judges. Larry Steves raised his finger and kind of points just up to nothing. And there is a pronounced pause five or six seconds longer than the previous one. We got this, guys. We got it. Come on, Sal. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, I am so sorry. It was actually a little closer, but (laughs) opposition. Once again, these shades huddle together and even faster than they did last time when swirls around, slams on the buzzer. Judges? Ding, 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 ding. Oh, that's tough. Down two to nothing already. Well, this is the last of three questions for the Gilders. Let's see if they can get it. Gilders. Which saint had the highest batting average on the Continental Championship Flying Banshees Trexball team the single time in their entire storied history they beat their rivals the Kickin' Hell Chickens Val just shrinks down you know where you just like go from standing to kind of a squat (laughs) Larry Steve's just slowly sees Val disappear behind the long table podium as she just curls into a ball. Everyone roll me an intelligence check. 11 for checkers. Kaskrin with a 4. Selv with a 9. 12. Val. Cutting through... (laughs) the crippling existential crisis that you find yourself on the cusp of. You don't understand any of this, except you know the word saint. And it occurs to you that why there hasn't been any saints in these parts (laughs) for centuries. The last saint died centuries and centuries ago. As The other team celebrates having stolen the question away from you once again. Larry Steves, very casually with a huge smile plastered on his rotating face, comes up to you guys looking at the camera, waving at the crowd as they still cheer the opposition on. And he very casually leans in and says, Hey guys, um, just checking in. What are you doing? I imagine his thaumaturgy stick is like held a yes, little bit exactly. away and like covered. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's just leaning in very surreptitiously. And he still has a smile on as it rotates to the crowd. And then as it rotates back to you guys, he has a furrowed brow looking concerned until it flips back as he's facing the crowd. Val like pulls herself up and looks over to Larry. What time period are these questions relating to? And Larry just kind of again looks perplexed. Like, it's all supposed to be pretty recent pop culture stuff, you guys. This is very 
accessible information for everyone. This is, this is supposed to be a light one. Val, like, reaches out to Larry. Larry recoils. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, there hasn't been a saint in Rixia for millennia. These questions aren't recent. I've never heard of these. I love trivia, Larry. I don't know the answers. Larry reaches down and uncoils Val's death grip (laughs) on his sleeve and just very calmly smooths out his sleeve, adjusts his tie, and steps forward. And goes to say something into his thaumaturgical stick and stops and then steps backwards to you guys and says, <clears throat> formal question, just for you guys, um, having to do with nothing. You came from outside the library, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the material plane, right? Yeah. Still? Okay. And on the space-time continuum. There is both space and time where we come from. What year is it? Kaskrin will tell him the current year. Oh. Ah. And he once again, like, he takes his already turned away thaumaturgical stick and now straightens his arm out to move it as physically far away from his mouth as possible. Okay, I um, I see what the problem might be. Our section only covers a certain time period in our bit of the library. Okay, okay. Um, all right, I can fix this. And he turns to you and smirks as his smile goes by and says, "The show must go on." And before you can even say anything, he just immediately turns on a heel and starts walking towards the audience. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, had a slight change of programming uh, to make the show a little bit more interesting for you all. We've decided to unveil a brand new game. Yes, um, we are not playing That's My Library. And the crowd starts chanting, that's my... Nope, no, 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 no. We are now playing, and he looks around, trying to find inspiration from anywhere. We are playing the Study Buddy game. And for once, the crowd doesn't have as enthusiastic of a reaction as they once did. Uh, yeah, hooray, uh, Study Buddy. And Larry Steves turns around again, facing the stage, and he looks quickly, assessing the situation, points a finger at the other team, and just waves them away. And they are shunted off into blackness. (laughs) They are gone. They're into nothing. They're no longer there. I didn't know that was an option. And he looks around, and he shoves his entryway gate just a little bit, so it's kind of more off to the stage left, and then reaches out a hand grasping towards you guys, clenches his fist a little bit, and then moves you all as part of one cohesive unit along with your table, all five of you, into center stage as all the spotlights follow shortly after. 
And now you guys are alone on center stage. You know what the truest trivia is? Is the trivia about friends and co-workers. Yeah! Right, everybody? Again, the crowd just... Uh, <laughs> uh. Um, okay. Uh, I will ask questions to you five about the five of you. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Let's hear it for our contestants, everybody! Again, another just kind of like... Now there's like a smattering of maybe pity applause. You're not really sure. All right. We're like looking around. The lights are really bright. All yes. yeah. <laughs> and now instead of two lights on two different tables, it is all the lights turned on to you guys from all directions. Checkers! I'm asking you about self. Yes. Yes. Checkers! And then this really jankily put together music cue Uh comes on (laughs) where it is clearly a little off key and a little bit like not quite in sync as if they slapped it together exactly checkers what is Selv Astralin's favorite junk food hmm And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike, including folks you might recognize like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with Season 1 and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger, or jump into Season 2 and listen to a new story about a terrible, corrupting sound that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek him? Now, I'm going to break the fourth wall as 
Jonathan, thanks for just a moment. So a little peek behind the curtain for our listeners. How we set this game up is our players identified a handful of questions that they thought they might have good answers for, for their characters, and sent them to me. But no one else has seen those answers. If they guess correctly, they get points. Amazing. Super cool. And isn't that a wonderful thing? If they guess incorrectly, it gets very interesting because the subject of the question can say, ah, no, that's not right. Here's the true factoid about my character. And they don't get the points, and that's totally fine. Or they, in their heart of hearts, can say, yes, that is the new canon now. This is true about my character. And we, the players around the table, and you, the audience, will never know (laughs) what the case is. Or maybe we'll do it on a Patreon episode. We'll see. Go subscribe to our Patreon. Checkers, there is a clock ticking. The janky music continues. It's getting a little in tune as it goes. What is your answer for what is Selv's favorite junk food? So this is extra difficult because I have no idea if Steve came up with something that was factually true or if he just came up with a junk food pun. Yes. (laughs) And I I cannot tell what Mm -hmm. the difference is, but... I'm going go to go with your heart. Jonathan. Yeah, I'm going to imagine that like so Selv, Silver Dragonborn comes from the mountains, breathes frost on things. So he must enjoy in his off time a nice spicy snack. Larry, I think Selv's favorite junk food is the Rixian equivalent of flaming hot Cheetos. Selvastrelin. Larry, that is uh, 110% correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding! <laughs> yeah! Selv, looking at your dear co-worker, Kaskrin Brightmane, what is Kaskrin's... Uh, uh... His eyes dart around. What is Kaskrin's favorite junk food? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fascinating question, Larry. And Kaskin looks expectantly at the cell, like, you you know this, cell. You know this about me. I feel like Cass's personality would move him towards something that embodies who he is. And so, Larry, my answer is rock candy. <laughs> I must interject on behalf of the podcast. The answer for all of us is Pete's meat steam. Okay. <laughs> is well, that a, is that, that is junk not, food? I do not or consider that like, that's no, not no, junk that's, food. That's fine cuisine. Yeah. Yeah. So Pete's meats offers a variety of food <laughs> all across the spectrum yeah. from your quick. He snacking. has his gourmet line and his <laughs> like grab a tankard out of a barrel jerky. (laughs) His jerky by the pound. Yeah. Kaskrin looks crestfallen as that was a good answer, but he looks to the studio audience and says, actually, I'm partial to Nate's potatoes, salt and vinegar flavor. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then Selv, Selv just like, his eyes go wide as he realizes. Yep. Smash cut of a 
Askren. Yeah, flashbacks. Every meeting has those those yep. dates and potatoes. <laughs> in your head, Canon listeners, imagine every every favorite moment of Caskerin Brightman you've ever heard in the podcast. And he had he was actively eating potato chips during that period. You hear a more subdued, uh, less joyful. <laughs> That's one yes, one no. Caskerin, Valeska Carter, what? is her biggest pet peeve. Ooh. And Kaskrin really, like, strokes his beard to think through it. Kaskrin is going to say, Valeska, your biggest pet peeve is someone not putting out the torches before they leave the room. I'm sorry to say, but that is not... My biggest pet peeve. My biggest pet peeve is when somebody uses the incorrect color of quill ink for its incorrect purpose. Red ink is clearly for editing. Oh, tough break, Kaskrin. Kaskrin like looks away and is like, how would I ever know that? (laughs) (laughs) There's wrong colors? What? I've been using blue the whole time. Now, Valeska Carter. Yes, How well would you say you know Selvastrelin? I trust him with my life. I guess that kind of answers the question, but will it answer all the questions? Such as, what is the first thing that he does when he wakes up? Well, Larry, the first thing is not what most people would think, which is... (gasps) Meditate because Selvastrolin is a monk. No, it's stretching. First of all, I love that Val has like regained all of her energy. Yeah. <laughs> like she had a breakdown, but it's like, all right, all right, well, I, I can do this. I, I don't. Do, I, I know these answers. I know these answers. Oh yeah, of course. Selvastrolin, what's the first thing you do every morning? Well, Larry, I wake up in the morning and I do my stretches. Hey, ding, ding, yes. ding, ding, ding. And the audience kind of is like, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. A little bit more enthusiastic <laughs> clapping. The way to get Valeska Carter back in the game is ask her a question. She knows the answer. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. Selvastolin, does Checkers have any siblings? I believe that Checkers came from a large family. And so... I believe he has people that he does consider his siblings, yes. Checkers. Surprisingly, that's right. Uh, ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 And then the applause again kind of uh, goes up a little bit more. Yeah, I've got a lot of siblings. All of our eggs hatched at the same time. So everyone in my generation are siblings. Oh, ooh, interesting, interesting. And you hear the crowd murmur in response. Ooh, oh, wow. Ah. That's wow. It makes Doing those family so get-togethers really terrible, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Checkers, let's turn to your dwarven friend, Kaskrin Brightmane. Oh, this will be easy. I know Kaskrin like the back of my hand. If Kaskrin had to pick another job to do, what would that job be? And Checkers just looks at Kaskrin. And Kaskrin looks expectantly at Checkers with like a big smile, just like double thumbs up, you got this. (laughs) 
So I know Cass used to be a town guard, but that's not really what he wanted to do with his life. No. I think if Caskin could pick any job, he would be a professional bartender. Ooh, that's... And he would have his own tavern. Caskin Brightmane, would you like to take a swig of that draft? Caskin looks thoughtfully at that answer and is like, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Checkers knows you better than you know yourself, yeah, Which is a horrifying yeah. <laughs> And so Caspian slowly replies, Yeah, Larry, that is right. Actually. The crowd actually erupts at that one, kind of with much more of their usual fervor as the ding, ding, ding fills your ears and feels good once more to hear. Caspian, <laughs> there's someone we haven't heard from yet. What would you say is your fellow teammate and gilder Mango's biggest secret? And you see Mango just like do a small hop and look directly up at you. I look down at Mango and we just have like a deep connection. And then Mango (laughs) licks his eyeball. (laughs) Kaskrin looks deeply into Mango's eyes and then looks back at Larry with like this calm peaceful air like he's he has accepted it and he says I can't tell you that Larry Larry just looks at you as his head continues to just spin at the same very slow speed okay let's try that again um and he kind of like does a chopping motion, a very small chopping motion, like with his back to the audience. And the table is split where Mango is. And he waves his hand. And so Mango is shifted three feet to the side. So he's sitting by himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey. Kaskrin, what person inspires Selv Astralin the most? Kaskrin is taken aback by that question for a second, and it's actually bringing in some flashbacks. Because he originally thought, like, I don't, why would I know that? I, And then he realizes the dark night, the cold mountain air, the fires, the fighting. And he looks at Selv, and, like, the first words that come out almost unconsciously are Master Lena Senga, a half-elf woman who was one of Selv's trainers, one of his mentors at the monastery. And he's, like, surprised that he knows that. Selv? Selv kind of looks at Cass and is quiet for a moment because he knows how Cass knows that. And that was through the fight with the the shepherd and everything being in Selv's head about his worst day and uh, slowly nods at Cass and just says, you are absolutely correct. 
You hear the ding, 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 and the audience goes, oh, well, mixed with their cheering a little bit, uh, clearly seeing kind of the shared sentiment. And Larry pays no attention to it. And it says, well done, Cashgrin. Points on the board. Good job. Self, time to answer a question about Valeska Carter. What was her favorite subject in school? And the crowd is like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Larry, that, uh, that is a complicated answer for a complicated person. On the one hand, I know that she keeps referencing battlefield trigonometry. One would assume it would be some kind of math. However, I also know that she loves to do her research and research about history. So, history is also another good example. She is constantly seeking knowledge, so... One could say that every subject is her favorite when it came to being in school. Valeska Carter? That's correct. It was a trick <laughs> question. They're all my favorite. And there's like the big ding and Larry's like, yeah! And the audience kind of goes back to their kind of like half-hearted clapping. And Larry looks around at the audience, kind of sensing obviously there's something wrong. And just this disembodied voice says... Ask a serious one. <laughs> Larry's just pauses. There's no music cues. There's nothing. Um, special bonus question for you, Sel, for getting that one so right. Who is Valeska's hero? Well, Larry, I believe her hero would be her mother. She is constantly talking to her. I know she, before going to bed every night, she sends messages to her mother and asks her advice on things that she had done or seen. So that is my answer, Larry. Val's mother is her hero. You can all sense the audience as much independence or whatever as they have, all their heads and attention shift over to Val. They see Val tearing up a little bit. That's right, Larry. My mom is my hero. Whoosh! Just everyone stands up screaming as just drowning out the sounds of the dinging bell. It takes Larry a few minutes to get everyone calmed down. All right, all right, hey, we have a show to run, please. And there is an almost imperceptible yes <laughs> from, from self. Larry is trying his best to calm the crowd. We have a show, please, please, everyone, everyone. And he looks kind of startled as he walks back to you guys clearly doing some sort of producer math in his head. It's like, oh, all right, all right. Serious, then serious. All right, all right. Valeska Carter. What does Kaskarin Brightmane value most in friendship? Excellent question, Larry. I think the best way I can sum it up, Larry, is dependability. A friend who will be there in your time of need, whether that need is an honest view of your problems, a helping hand, 
or somebody to take the shot of Mal's wart for you. The audience before Larry even says anything to turn to you just gives another like, oh. And Kaskrin looks to Val and looks to Larry and says, that's incorrect, Larry. I'd never want someone else to take my shot of Mal's wart for me. <laughs> but he looks at Valeska and gives her that satisfied nod. I do value dependability. Someone who I know has my back and who I can support in return. Someone that I can rely on and trust that I can travel with and learn from as he looks back at Valeska. Someone that I know will always be there by my side. That's correct! So ding, 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 ding. Huge eruption, huge eruption. Things are going crazy. And you see Larry again kind of mutter under his breath. It's like, oh, look, this, this, is, this is really getting out of hand. We got we to gotta wrap this up. All right. Last question, everybody. That's, oh, I know, I know, as just kind of like, oh, no, starts to erupt from the crowd. I know, I know. The study buddy game, the new hit, taking over the restricted section of the library. We've got to end it sometime. Gaskrin Brightmane. And Checkers, the Grung Druid. If Checkers could have one question answered by a magic crystal ball, what would it be? And so Kaskrin will take in Checkers, looking him up and down. And immediately he remembers a moment on a dark and stormy night underneath a single tree out in the plains when we entered Valeska's mindscape. And Checkers shared a few things when we were there, when we were looking through the doors, trying to find Val, trying to save her. Kaskrin turns to Larry and says, Well, Larry, I think if Checkers ever got his hands on a scrying implement and could ask it one question that he would know the answer to, he would ask, Where will I go when I die? Larry just kind of very silently and taken aback turns to you, Checkers, waiting for your answer. Yep. That's right, Larry. Got it in one. There is a moment of solemnity as no one says anything and the buzzer does not sound a correct answer. You start to hear 
a single person clapping in the audience. And then more, and then more, until it becomes a full ovation. And you hear people cheering for the Golden Tree Guild, cheering for you all. You hear one voice say, you know, I actually didn't like frogs all that much earlier, but now I'm kind of coming around to them. And everyone is cheering for the Golden Tree Guild. And you guys see your scoreboard flash above that you have progressed onto the next round. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to the Golden Tree Guild. Again, another huge cheer raises. Don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. Our new favorite guilders are not going anywhere. No, they have the grand finale in front of them. And once again, the energy of the room starts to rise and go crazy. And it feels like you are back in the arena. There are so many voices and so much raucous energy. And you can feel it thudding in your chests. Just this wild, unhinged level of excitement. That's right. Tune in next time for The End. And we'll see you all next week on Reckless Attack, everyone. Bye! Well, good. At least it's not ominous. Nope. See you next time. Bye! Kaskrin sees a giant styrofoam wall slowly moving towards him. <laughs> slowly moving towards him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so good. I couldn't. I tried so Outtakes. hard. I, I was trying to be there for you, David. I was trying to keep it fucking steady. The styrofoam. I don't know why. Is this, styrofoam is this with, wall, with the cutout? I knew what it was. Yeah. And then moving towards you, I was like, I can't keep it together. <laughs> Keep no, it together. No, 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 no,